0: Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Congratulations to Cherie Curry and Bree Darling, who were on my show a couple weeks ago. I saw them perform live at the Grammy Museum. Amazing show. That was uh, a song off of their latest album, The The Motivator, the debut album. If you look that up on YouTube, uh, they have all the tracks on there. All right, so standing by to kick off the second half of the show is peace activist and author of The Fox Hunt, Mohammed Al-Samawi. Good morning. Do you go by Mo or Mohammed? Uh, Mohammed. Mohammed. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for, for inviting me, and I'm, I'm very excited about it.
0: Your story is so powerful, and you've written this book, The Fox Hunt, a Refugee's Memoir of Coming to America. I watched the YouTube video. It, it was it was so powerful. I put it up on my show blog, which is GetTheFunkOutShow.kci.org. Tell me what happened uh, to you as far as you know. Here, Facebook really helped you escape death.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, w- I would say it's much Facebook who helped me out. To get this. What right. was, was the tool? Yes. Who helped me to be connected to the people who helped me out? to escape from Al-Qaeda and also from the civil war in Yemen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, basically, I am an interfaith activist. And a long time ago, since even I was kind of like a kid, um, I learned that, you know, Christians and Jews, they don't care about us. Right. They don't care about Yemenis, they don't care about Muslims. And this is from the bad education system that we had back in Yemen. And when I started like, you know, know more and read more, uh, I was able to meet a Christian teacher in, in Yemen. And he gave me the Bible. And I started being fascinated about the similarities between Islam, Judaism, and Christianity.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
1: became an interfaith activist. Unfortunately, when you are trying to change the community, when you are trying to say that whatever propaganda you are hearing is not the truth, most of the extreme groups, they wanted to be silent. Yes, and that's and that's what happened with me. I started being like threatened by extreme groups, including Houthis and Al Qaeda, of my activism, and I have been accused for being agent from Mossad just because I am in touch with Jews. Oh. Such accusation, you need to understand that such accusation in Yemen, it basically ends your life. You you will not be able actually to have any kind of social life, and if they catch you, they will just kill you. So I was uh. basically in a very difficult situation. Sure. And when I, when I tried to escape from a place to another place so they don't find me, eventually I was escaping in a small apartment in south Yemen in a city called Aden, and the civil war started, and I was the wrong person in the wrong place in the wrong time. I didn't have food, and the civil war started. I couldn't go out from my building because I was afraid they would just kill me. And I started using Facebook, and I asked people on Facebook if they can help me by any way escape from my apartment. And I was thinking that the people who respond to my request it will be people from Yemen, okay. from Aden, who will come and help me out escape from Al-Qaeda, but what happened is actually the opposite. What happened is that four Americans that I barely know, mm-hmm. I met them in different conferences. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I never thought when I met them that one day they would be able actually to help me yeah. out. And the funny thing is that these four people who helped me out, they were actually Jews and Christians.
0: Wow. Uh, you know what? How long did it take once you put that message out there to get a response?
1: Fifteen days. Phew. Fifteen days. Um, I need to be honest with you. Uh, the first time when they responded to my request, I have <laughs> had a lot of doubts. Sure. Whether the involved will be able to help me escape from Al-Qaeda. Uh, just to give you an example about it, uh, when I was in my apartment, and they asked me, they told me, what's your address? And I gave them the street name where I am. Sure. They told me, yeah, yeah but we want to have the number of the building.
0: Weren't and you I scared?
1: Still, said, Weren't you so scared? <laughs> no, but when they asked me about that, okay. I was feeling like, oh my God, they don't know anything about Yemen because in Yemen we don't have numbers for buildings. We only yeah. have buildings. If anyone wants to come to my home, mm-hmm. I should tell him, for example, that, you know, I am just second house near the supermarket from the right side because we don't have numbers for buildings. That's how we just know where do we live. It's incredible. Uh, A lot of countries in Africa uh, and Middle East, they do that also. Sure. So when they asked me, for example, such question, I told them, like, you know, there's no members. Mm-hmm. I was hiding in small bathrooms. And they told me, "Have you ever used Google Maps?" And I told them, "What's that?"
2: Mm-hmm. In the
1: middle of the war, in the middle of hiding, they start teaching me how to download Google Maps oh so gosh. they know where do I live.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: and from that moment, there's some a lot of doubts came to my mind that I should kill myself maybe because if Al Qaeda will catch me, they will not just kill me; they will torture me first. Right. But I was always fighting because these poor people who were trying to help me out, they never gave up on me. They were always trying to help me out. Sometimes when I was scared, um, I couldn't send messages to my family because I didn't want my family to be more scared about me because they couldn't do anything for me. Right. But I, I was sending messages to these people. And I know, for example, that you know, at the time in New York or San Francisco, it's till like two a.m. in the morning, but anytime time I send a message on WhatsApp, they were immediately responding. They never slept. They were off. They were always there, trying to help me out. It's
0: incredible,
1: and that's why I never give up.
0: The power of total strangers.
1: The power of total strangers, and it, it, it's funny a little bit how even these four people were communicating with each other. Uh, one one example of that. Uh, one of the people who helped me out, her name is Megan Hallahan. Uh, Megan at that time was living actually in, uh, in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And when she knew about my situation, she, she sent an email to all her friends asking oh. them, do you know anyone who can help my peace activist friend from Yemen escape from his apartment? Oh, and amazing. she sent this email to mm-hmm. Justin Hafter, who lives in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but she didn't know that actually Justin knows me. What? I'm actually the only Yemeni that, who, that he knows, so he replied to her by saying, Hi, Megan, I don't know anyone from Yemen except one person, and I think my friend might be able to be a friend. Oh, my gosh. And he gave her my contact information, and she told him, Justin, I am speaking about Muhammad. Oh
0: my gosh, person. that's amazing!
1: So that's how Justin became involved. And for example, Daniel Vinkos, who lives in New York, I met him in a conference. Uh, I think in 2012, 2013, in, in Bosnia, Sarajevo. And when I met him the first time, he was dancing breakdance. <laughs> I I never thought that someone would like him mm-hmm. be able to help me to skate from Al-Qaeda and escape from the war in Yemen, but he did. He was always there to help me out, and Natasha, um, who at that time, I met her also in a conference in Jordan, and we were speaking about environment issues at that time. I never thought one day we would be able to speak about how she can help me out escape from Yemen. These four people was kind of angels. They
0: sure are.
1: Trying to help them, yeah. you know.
0: Uh, I I had this epiphany the other day I was talking to this woman from Vietnam and she said no one ever really talks to me because I don't speak speak English very well and they'll usually say why don't you go back to your country if you don't want to speak the language and she said you're the first person to really speak to me and it broke my heart and I'm I was thinking more people should talk to complete strangers because you never know what a gift they'll bring to you or you might be able to help them or just listening to somebody and having a connection.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I am not an exception. Um, most of the refugees who are coming to the United States, they have such an amazing story to tell. And um, unfortunately, they don't have the chance to tell their own stories, because they are busy to create their own new, their own new life. Uh, I was able to tell my story because I was able to have these whole people to back me up, to be who, am I, who I am today. But even though, um, I feel sad, to be honest with you, especially these days, about what's happening oh, in America. I know. Back in Yemen, uh, the extreme groups, even the dictatorship in Yemen, um, at that time, you know, they were teaching us that they don't want us to focus that we don't have good hospitals, we don't have good schools in Yemen, or we don't even have democracy. And they want us to put our, our energy and our anger on a fake enemy. That's why they decided to create this fake enemy, which is Christians and Jews. So anything bad happened in Yemen, we would just blame them. And a lot of majority of people, they start believing this propaganda in Yemen. And I used to be one of them. Mm-hmm. I came to the United States. to discovered that also in the United States, now a lot of people are trying to create a fake enemy, which is the immigrants and refugees. A lot of people start telling that immigrants are coming to the United States to create chaos in the United States. Uh, I was so, no. I was so emotional that I was speaking in Naples, Berta, mm-hmm. uh, and after I finished my event, I'm speaking about my experience as a refugee of escaping wars coming to United States. Yes, and I finished my speech. And one person raised her hand, and I, I told her, I'm happy to ask her the question, and she asked me, how we can stop the illegal immigration in the United States? And I started feeling like, you hear my story?
2: Yeah. My
1: story is all about immigration, and that's what makes America a great country, because most of us Americans actually came from an immigration background. Sure. From a family somewhere in Europe and Africa and China somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's what created America, a great country.
0: That's right. We all came from somewhere else.
1: Yeah.
0: So this wasn't so easy. This wasn't uh, an easy situation because there were death threats on Facebook, I was reading, anonymous phone calls. I mean, what transpired to finally get you here?
1: I mean, I mean. First of all, I would say that you know, I was I was extremely lucky from God. God helped me out to be who am I today. Uh, I have a disability in the right side of my body, and my disability created me a person who can speak English because my disability actually I learned how to speak English, okay. and because I learned how to speak English, I was actually able to meet uh, the Christian you know, teacher in Yemen who gave me the Bible. And eventually I became a peace activist who was able to meet Daniel, Megan, Justin and Natasha,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: eventually they helped me out to be here in the United States. So I would say everything was connected, thank to God. Uh, I was always actually angry from God. I was always asking myself why God gave me such disability, mm-hmm. why I can't play football, why I can't ride and ride bicycle. But if you think about it right now, if I didn't have such disability? I would be probably in Yemen suffering from the war. Yemen now has the worst Christian human crisis actually in, in the world. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling I'm so blessed from God like that. But also, as I told you before, the poor people who were like never gave up on me, they were always trying to help me out. And as soon as they gave me the window of hope that there is someone who's trying to help me out, I was just trying to do everything possible to be alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I never, to be honest with you, I never thought that I would come to the United States. You didn't? Even being, if, no, even being in the United States, it's kind of like a miracle for me. Um, I didn't I didn't think that I would be able even to come to the United States. When I came to the United States, I had only $20 in my pocket. I didn't know anything about the United States except from the movies because I learn English, actually, from the movies. And when I arrived to the United States, I didn't know what should I do. So we- my, biggest, my biggest dream was actually working at Starbucks. Really? I mean, I, it is still a dream for me. Uh, I wish one day I would be able to... See, I like always to see people smiling. I like always to see... I feel like kind of like connected to people when I serve them something. I like mm-hmm. stability. I like always to serve people and make them happy, but life is funny and full of surprises. Uh, I was able to meet someone in my life who changed my life, totally, and um, I would say two people, like besides the people who helped me out, uh, two people who changed my life, totally, uh, one of them is uh, Binch Bassick, and Binch Bassick, he is um, a very well-known um, writer, a uh, songwriter, um, uh, he is actually the writer who wrote the lyrics for the movie La La Land. Okay. Uh, and he's uh, very well known. He will win uh, any, award, any awards. Um, in any way, he heard me once speaking in, uh, in New York in, in Shabbat Dinner, and he told me I would like you to introduce you to Mark Platt a movie producer who actually produced La La Land. And that way it opened a new window for me, uh, actually, my book now, the fox Hand is being adopted to be a movie by Mark that
0: that's fantastic um,
1: and uh Josh Singer, who wrote uh the movie's post life, is writing now the script for for the movie
0: and and think all because you went to a Shabbat dinner
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i I'm, I'm super lucky I do for that uh I have a lot of friends. you asked me in the evening of the conversation uh what do I like? For my servant said Muhammad, but um, many of my Jewish friends they call me actually Moshe. Uh, and oh. the reason behind that is because when I escaped from Yemen, I actually crossed the Red Sea uh, from Yemen to Djibouti to Africa on Passover. It's like Moses, yes. but actually in the wrong direction in some way. Yeah. So I was ended like the miracle of Passover. And um, when I came to um, United States, you know, I I was very welcomed by the Jewish community. I feel that I was so blessing actually to have uh, the hospitality of the Jewish community because they do understand what I have been thrown uh, about. Imagine like this: uh, the Jewish community is actually the first community to stand against the Muslim bans when mm-hmm. President Trump announced it, because they don't they do understand the meaning of being a refugee. Yes, they know they understand. The like, you know, especially of what happened to the Jewish community from the Holocaust, and they needed to escape somewhere to find a place to keep them safe. And that's why when I came to the United I was super lucky to find such support, not only from the Jewish community. Uh, the Muslim community was such an amazing community for me, the Christian community, and the Baha'is, everyone in the United States. Um, I am so blessed to be, actually, in, in the United States. But it helped me so much that I am here. And still, uh, people of my country, my family, are suffering from the war in Yemen, which is sad. Yes. Because the United States, even, is one of the countries who is actually involved in the war in Yemen. Actually, it's one of the biggest investors uh, in the war in Yemen. The uh, United States is the country number one who investing in the war by selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. The Congress tried. Uh, the Senate tried to stop selling the weapons to Saudi Arabia twice. Mm-hmm. But in the both times, President Trump did vote against the two rules. And the United States, until the moment, are selling weapons who are using to kill children and women in Yemen. And it makes me sad because I really know and I really believe yes. that if the United States will stop selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, the next day the war will stop in it.
0: And who's been directing these um, plans for, you know to sell these weapons?
1: Uh, President Trump, uh yes. he's one of the biggest supporters for yeah. for selling weapons and yeah. he actually gave a statement. He says that if we don't sell it, we will be another country select and we he would like to have the money from Saudi Arabia. And it's sad because you see that it's so United sad. States is a is, is the leader of the world and actually it shouldn't be really even care about the custodian money. It should care always about the values, about human rights, and how we can support around the world, not how we can invest in the world. And that's right. really sad because this is not America.
0: Yes. I mean, look what's going on in our own country.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I don't know if you saw, there was an article actually yesterday in the New York Times but the uh, United States is the second country in mass shooting in the world mm-hmm. after Yemen, after my country. Mm-hmm. Yemen it has actually the biggest, um, it has, everyone in Yemen actually has weapons. Actually, the United States is the highest country who has uh, individuals who have weapons. After that, you have Yemen. Yemen has now a civil war and it has a lot of mass, mass shooting. But the United States is the second country, and this is really sad.
0: It's really uh, sad.
1: This is this is what America is all about. Mm-hmm. I am I am sometimes I wake up and I see the news and start feeling like what will happen to America? But then I remember that right. America has an amazing thing called freedom of speech and people know what democracy is. And I'm sure people will you know, will fight for this democracy, will fight for America to be the leader of the world. Because right now what's happening in America I call it it's kind of like a disease.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as soon as you have the antibiotic for it, as soon as you, be, you recover from it, you will be stronger than before, and it will become, you protect everyone else. And that's what I hope America will do. Um, I feel this, this time is really bad on the reputation of America, not right. only in, in the Middle East, but also if you go to Europe, if you go to other places. Unfortunately, people don't think about America right now as the leader of the world. which is sad because if you think about it a couple of years ago, everyone was thinking that America is a leader.
0: No, we have uh, so many issues going on. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the news, as you know. Um, I want to ask you a quick question. When you were leaving, how did that go down with your family? I mean, did they say, don't leave? Did you want them to come with you? I mean, what happened?
1: No, I mean I was I was in a different city than my family. My family was in Sanaa, and I um, I was in Aden. So it was impossible to take my family with me um, when the evacuation happened. Uh, I was lucky to be evacuated, but unfortunately I couldn't take anyone of my family. Of course they are happy for me that yeah. I'm safe and sound and like you no know, live now in in America. But you need to imagine the life that they are living right now. Uh, we wake up, for example, every day maybe by phone alarm. My family is waking up by an airstrike. Mm. Uh, there's no electricity in Yemen. For more than four years, um, people are suffering. There is no... Anyone can protect them, actually. Um, it's a very horrible life. And... Yeah. I mean, every, every day I wake up, I feel like I'm so blessed to be in America, but I can't enjoy it. Sure. How I can enjoy... While I know that my family, my friends, my people—while I know that there is people in Yemen and
0: yeah Well, you're an incredible person, and the fact what you're doing here, you know, I, I do want to mention that you are speaking at a uh, congregation, B'nai Israel. I think it's September 21st. I'll have to check the date and put it up on my show blog. Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> really very, very excited to speak in such a synagogue, and. Uh, I'm actually excited to move to LA. Uh, I'm moving to California um, um, this month, in the end of this month, and I'm excited because two things. Uh, first of all, because I'm I'm opening my own uh, interstate organization, Wonderful. which is called Abrahamic House. Which the idea of the Abrahamic House is that we will have houses around the United States where we let a Muslim, a Christian, Jew, and a Bahá'í stay in the houses for free. They don't pay rent. We pay rent for them. But in order to stay in the house for free, you know, they can go to their work, they can go to their universities, but every weekend, they need to do events for the community. It's how cool. we can help the community around us, how we can support, you know, the values of the United States. We'll speak about issues that we care a lot about, like racism, Islamophobia, and issues Will speak about how we can help to recover our country. Um, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, and, the, and the second thing is about the movie. Uh, I'm very lucky to have uh, Mark Platt and, and Binge Baskin in my life um, because they don't consider me as a movie project for them. They consider me as an indiv- individual who they believe in his, yes. his vision, and they always give me the support for that. So I'm, I'm very excited to start with uh, new after uh, really My interesting life.
0: So unfortunately, we have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you? Uh,
1: thank you. I mean, uh, Facebook's first. Facebook uh, is uh, a tool. Uh, um, when I ask them to help me out, they help me out through, uh, they found my through Facebook. When I started doing my interface was through Facebook, so they can always find me on Facebook. But another thing, they also can find me on the website of the Abrahamic House.org and also on social media and Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, and they can just go also to the website of the Abrahamic House and uh, be involved with the Abrahamic House. We do need people to be involved because I feel this is the, an important chapter uh, in my life in, in the Torah and in the Quran. I'm uh, sorry, in the Talmud and the Quran. It Who saves the life, saves the whole world. And I really want this to happen right now where I am trying to say that. Daniel, Justin, Megan, and Natasha, when they helped me escape from Yemen, I hope that I will be able to change other people's behaviors from hate and ignorance to love and justice. And that's what I want to do in the Abrahamic House.
0: Fantastic. I have no doubt you will. Mohammed. thank you so much for calling into the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. That was Muhammad Al-Samawi. He's the author of The Fox Hunt, Refugee's Memoir of Coming to to America. He will be here in Orange County speaking at CBI Temple in Tustin. I believe it's September 21st. I will check the date and put it all up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. That's a wrap for me. I'm out of here. Sheldon Abbott is standing by with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday, everybody, and I'll be back next week. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine i